Hey, Gabriel, what you, what you reading? Oh, it's nothing, just a little book. Oh, for real, what, 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 you, what you got there? What you, what, you, what you reading on? Um, it's like, it's stupid. It's really nothing. Ah, oh, you not gonna tell me what it is? What you reading? It's just a romance novel. Ah, oh, you reading one of them sex books, ain't you? Oh. Hello, hello, and welcome to She Reads the Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby, here to talk all about my fave romance reads. Check back every Wednesday for your book of the week, recommendations on authors, series, being a bookie on a budget, and all things romance. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I hope everyone had a really great week. Um, I am on the tail end of my first week of class. It is going to be intense, so pray for me, y'all. Pray that we get this podcast together on a timely basis, and just pray for, pray for your friends, y'all. Pray for your friends. Um, so I don't know if any of you have been keeping up with social, but um, I just recently finished uh, reading Taste of Desire by Chloe Blake. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Woo! Um, so let's get into it. Um, I actually took a lot longer than I normally would, like a Kimani romance book. Um, this was from their February, um, book drop. So I definitely have just been taking my time. And then on top of that, I like reread old books that I'd already read before in between it. So it wasn't really imperative, but... Um, I did really like the story. Um, so let's just get into the quick synop. So, um, it's about this a woman named Nicole Parks. She is an international real estate lawyer, um, who works in New York City. And she goes down to Brazil to sell this large piece of land. And I want to say Rio del sol <laughs> um and she is coming up against a lot of problems which is the um owner's son the landowner's son um who is he lived there and he had a branch of their family's winery in brazil and so uh, there was a really bad fire. It took his wife. It took all of, you know, his everything. And he's like fighting to keep it in the family. He's fighting to keep um, the land and not to give up, you know, what this dream of his was. Um, and so they just clash. She's there to sell the property because it's what stands between her and a really big promotion and increasing her opportunities to adopt a child. And he is really just trying to hold on to his life's blood because this is something that he really loves and he just doesn't want to give up. He doesn't want to give it up. I really like this book. I thought that it had so much nuance considering that it's, you know, a Kamani, so it's on the brief side. Uh, and... It, it just had a lot of texture for me. Um, so number one, let's really get into it. Pros. Epilogue. <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> you already know. Like I was like, ooh, yes, there is an epilogue. 
long. Um, I hate when I read that book and it's like they've known each other for two weeks and they're already like getting engaged. Like it's just like I just don't see people in the real world doing these things. Um, and so that just really always burns my toast. Um, additionally, I really, really loved um, how much I like laughed while reading this book. There were a lot of really funny moments um, and the characters, kind of, they were just human. I, I think that's like was my biggest connection to it. So I want to say Nicole's 34 um, and she's sort of an orphan and she has like her girlfriends that she's really close with that, you know, like her connections. And I think it just reminds me of like me and my friends and, you know, my intimates and like our group and how we utilize each other as like a base. And not to say that we don't have family, but just that like, we choose to like be each other's like closest, you know, people. Um, and so I really appreciated that. It made me feel like me and Nicole could be friends. Like she could be part of the one, one of the girls in my group or something like that, or just someone of the friends that I like hang out with and, and you know, we stay in contact. And I it, it felt so relatable. So I didn't do too much research on Chloe Blake, um, the author, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was like, my age or like, you know, Nicole's age, you know, in that age range, like late 20s um, and mid to early uh, or like early to mid 30s type uh, group. So I was really like able to connect with her on a deeper level. One of the things that I get really frustrated with is when I feel like authors are writing from what they think is like a really urban perspective. And I don't think that Chloe tried to do that um, in this. I think she really just wrote from like what she thought people's dialogue was like. And so it just came off far more natural. Um, and that's always like a really big thing to me. Like I hate when I see like, you're yeah, a dog and yo homie, homeboy and stuff like that. And I'm like, who talks to that? Like who talks like that? Like those old men who wear the Kangol hats? Like, you know, you know that, 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 that special Kangol, not the like the one with the bill, but the one that like Spike Lee always wears to, to the back. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I like those are the uncles at the cookout. Like, I feel like no one talks like that. Like, you know, um, so it just, it feels so unnatural when I read it. I'm like, oh God, like it, it makes me cringe a little bit on the inside. So I definitely didn't get any of that while reading this. Um, so... The other elements that I really loved were, so Destin, uh, Destin, what is his last name? Deschamps, Deschamps, because, you know, he's French. Um, he is, um, he's actually white, so he's not black. And so, you know, get your little swirl on. Uh, so Nicole, you know, and... She's like clearly black, black. Like she's like, I'm from New York. I want to say she's from Brooklyn. Like, you know, it talks a lot about like her chocolatey skin and stuff like that. And I'm like, they are out here swirl, swirling. Okay. Um, and 
I like was I was here for it. Like he he had like that really sexy French accent and he did have like this really rugged like look about him. So like she's like always seeing him in like um cargo pants and, and t-shirts and button, you know, like button downs and, and stuff like that. And with you know, beard gang ugh, beard gang. <laughs> Uh, I I'm I am here for beard gang, like when that when that became a thing, I was just like, yes, a million times yes. <laughs> um, so he yeah he's just like this rugged guy, and they have this introduction where he doesn't know who she is, and so he's just like super like impressed with her and like drawn to her, and um. <clears throat> He he's like super impressed with her because she is like a super taster, which apparently means that like anything you taste just makes like you can you can break it down. Like those people, you ever go out to restaurants and to be that person? But mm, I really love the cardamom in here. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that? What is that? Truffle? Is that truffle? It's white truffle, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. I like, you know, oh, the saffron is very light, but not too light. You know, like it's those people. And then I'm just over here like, tastes good to me. Like, I don't, I'm not breaking this whole thing down. Um, and so you always feel like you just have such an uncultured palate. Um, so he's like super impressed with that because as a vintner, he's like, oh my God, she can taste even the most minute differences in the wine. And like, you know, he's like, he's like, ooh, girl, you don't even know. You like falling right into my wheelhouse. And so he doesn't really know who she is when he first meets her. He thinks that the lawyer that's there to meet his brother for the sale of the land is actually a man. And he hates lawyers. And he tells her he hates lawyers before he finds out who she is. And he just like, again, assumes that she's going to be a man. And it's just really funny how much he puts his foot in his mouth before he even realizes who she is. So, you know, there's a little bit of drawback to that. And they have such, I want to say, palpable energy. And it's so crazy because they're so at odds with each other. It just seems like they're almost never on the same page, even though I think they both respect each other so much. And so, like, you know, she's like, I'm selling this land. This is what I need to do to get where I need to be. And he's like, I'm keeping this land. So, spoiler, he's like secretly growing vines. So, after the fire that, you know, took his whole everything and his wife, um, he was able to salvage some vines. And he actually was able to rebuild. And the fire happened like four or five years ago. So he's like had time to like put a whole new set of wines together and like have them be aged and ready to go. And so, you know, he's trying to keep this under wraps until he's got enough, you know, money to to actually purchase the land from his father. And she's just like, I need to do my job. I'm a professional and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make this sale. Um, and And so even though they're so attracted to each other and they keep like, they can't keep their hands off of each other. It's so clear that they both respect what the other person is doing. Um, 
And so, but, you know, even though they're at odds with each other. So it, it really does seem like it's just never going to work out. But, like, <laughs> they want each other so damn bad. Like, it, it it's just, like, in every scene where they're around each other. I don't know. Like, I can almost visualize it. And it is crackling, um, which I love. Um, she's so good about creating tension with words. And that's just not something that is easily conveyed to the point where I feel like I can experience and see it in my mind's eye. So there was that. Um, another mm-hmm. thing that I was like, bees knees for reals and for true was um, the fact that there were so many different cultural like connections in this book so I felt like I went around the world like she's from New York and he's from France but you know it's super clear that he like grew up um I don't know maybe he like I feel like he had like a crazy rich Asian you know childhood where he went to boarding school with all these other people so his accent may be a little bit different Um, they're set in Brazil. So there's always that like beautiful backdrop and they do talk about like the community a lot. Like that's really important to Destin and preserving the community that, you know, surrounds the winery and which supports it and feeds into it and vice versa. Um, and then there's like this, uh, one of the buyers is this tycoon from this casino tycoon from Texas. And he's crazy. Um, and then, you know, you've got like, it's just, it's just a lot of other people like, you know, and, and then there's like, he has friends who are like from Italy and Africa and all these other places. And I'm just like, I love it. Yes. I feel like I am in a literally cultural smorgasbord. Um, And I think it just adds to, again, the texture of the book and just like how worldly people are now. Like people aren't just like staying where they are. Like I see all my high school and college friends talking about here I am in Thailand and oh, can't wait to go back to St. Bart's and shit like that. So, you know, toast up. I mean, I'm not going to, I was in Italy last year. Okay, boo. <laughs> we try to be international. No. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed the tomfoolery of it all. Like, like I said, um, one of the characters is from te- Texas and he's just one of those really loud, really boisterous, very happy because he has no cares in the world. Um, Texans and which makes him like so sweet and he's like so polite and charming and stuff like that but he's like a spoiled brat because he like gets whatever he wants and so like he'll say something and like Nicole will be like yeah well you can't even do this he's like I could do that and then he like turns to his lawyer like Chuck give me that like and it's just he is such a like a rich boy syndrome, but you don't hate him for it, even though you could. Um, I love that they're like all these accessory characters. I, I love when people aren't like wrapped up in each other and that you see other characters and not for the sake of like a sequel or anything like that, but just as like human beings, because other people interact with more than just the person they're digging down. Um, and so they're like all these other characters, like his brother, who's like helping him with his schemes because, you know, he does all types of stuff. Like he'll have the, Destin will have like the tour guide tell the, the potential buyers like about there being like 
a haunted house because of the fire that took his wife and um, how like, you know, he'll have like scientists show up and be like, oh, there's a whole bunch of earthquakes around this area. You know, this is a volatile area. You can't be over here and stuff like that. Just everything. Like, I feel like one of the things that he does to keep her from showing the property is send out all these cows, (laughs) like just a herd of cows just completely blocking up the road to the winery. And it's, it's pretty hilarious. Like, I feel like I feel like it's like a bunch of pranksters, like kind of almost like Three Stooges type or Roadrunner and uh, the Coyote type shit. And it's hilarious to me. Um, I do like I I really did like the book overall. Like I, I felt like there was so many different elements and there was such character development. So like Nicole, we know that she has kind of been on her own for a long time. Um, we know why, like how her parents like passed away kind of successively, but you know, she didn't really let that keep her down. Um, like her her career and how important it is to her. She's such a powerful woman, you know. Um, I feel like she goes after what she wants. She's so goal-oriented and it's it's just like very unapologetic. And I feel like, um, I read a book, I want to say last week and it was, um, it was an older book. I want to say it was maybe said like 2010 and it almost seemed like the main character is a very like career woman. And it almost seemed like the author was apologizing for her not wanting to have kids. Um, and, I was just kind of thrown off because I'm like, that's not really fair. Like, just because you don't have kids doesn't mean, like, there's a problem with you. Um, even though I used to say that all the time and I'm, like, over here, like, my biological clock is like, I want baby. Just just give baby because they're so cute. Like, never thinking about the consequences, you know, never thinking about the repercussions and the follow-up. Like, just all about, like, but the babies are so squishy and cute and their head smells like heaven. And I'm just like, ugh. God, fight your baser instincts, Gabs. Um, so yeah, like it just it I've seen a lot of other books maybe take on that um that perspective, like, oh, she's a career woman, and so now she's gotta explain to everybody named Mama why she's not having kids, why she's not trying to be somebody's wife, and I'm just like, Well, why she gotta go through all that? It'd be men out here who be like single for forever like a lot of time you'll see these books where the guy is like so much more older than the 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 heroine because he been out here sowing his wild oats and getting his dick wet everywhere and you know she's super young but she's totally ready to settle down and I just I hate kind of like that double standard I don't really think I know how old Destin is I don't know if he's older than her they could be the same age I feel like maybe the author writes how old he is but I just don't I don't remember. Um, it just is gone. But I feel like they're of a moderately similar age. Like, I wouldn't say that this seems like they have more than, like, three or four years apart. So, yeah, I just, 
I like that there was so much character development for both of them because, you know, Dustin has his own issues. Like, he's got issues with his father, which, again, is why he doesn't trust lawyers because when him and his brother Elliot, you know, got their their winery and set it up in Brazil before the fire and stuff like that, you know, he had trusted the lawyers to put together a equitable contract and then come to find out, like, his dad wants to take his wine and just is, like, won't let... You know, it's just... He doesn't see his son's vision. And, you know, again, Destin is all about like supporting the community and having like a farm to table experience. And, you know, he's like a hipster vintner, I guess. Um, but it's all about like the customer experience and, and feeding into the community and everything being organic and free trade and all that stuff like that. And you know, his dad is just like, nah, we're going to go with our distributors. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And so they clash so much. And in the end, Destin ends up losing that battle because, you know, he was signing contracts that he wasn't really paying attention to. So he has that. And then, you know, of course he's a widower and he lost his wife and his livelihood and, you know, everything that he poured his blood, sweat, and tears into all in the very same night. So there is so much, you know, that he unpacks as well. I love that his brother has his own backstory. Like, I find out that Elliot is gay. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I hadn't even paid attention to that. Like, legit, he pointed it out in the book to Nicole. And then she's like, you're right. And then as he points it out to her and she's over there realizing I myself as the reader was over there like, yeah, he too always be there. Like, you know, and it's it's so, it's. There's just so many little plot twists and so many things going on. Um, and I just really enjoyed that. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, the sex was not bad. I, like I said, their chemistry was off the charts. Like, if there's ever a book where I was just like, quiver factor, ooh, we're going to start doing that. So um, I'm going to give it three shimmies for quiver factor um i want to say the highest is four no five let's say five and i give them four shimmies <laughs> um because like i said it felt palpable and i love that i love the tension all before they even really got up to that point i it was it was so many moments where i'm like oh they're gonna totally do it now and then they don't and i'm like ooh. You know, like satisfaction delayed, but they finally do bounce chicka wow wow, and it is hot. So, all together, I'm gonna say thumbs up, thumbs the up. Um, so please go and check it out. Again, the author is Chloe Blake. She's actually, this is my first time actually ever reading her. Um, I'm going to try and do that more since I actually have a podcast <laughs> and I want to be able to support all authors um, because I've come to realize I get really stuck in my ruts. <laughs> so um, I, I was glad that I picked it up. I was glad I gave it a chance. I don't know if I was like really interested in it when I originally read the synopsis, but it was a really good read. Like it could be short, but I prolonged it and I think it actually felt better and epilogue <laughs> so happy about that so check it out if you want to read it I think it is a quality worthwhile buy um, I will definitely be keeping Chloe Blake on my radar in the future so y'all should definitely do that as well and we'll be right back 
get into the excerpt, I actually just really quickly want to talk about a show that I just discovered and I thought it was, I think it was actually really good job. So it's called Shrill and it's on Hulu and it's about this um, woman who she's plus five and she's just, you know, living her life in uh, Portland, I want to say. And she's trying to be a writer. She's trying to have a career. It actually very much so reminds me a little bit of that movie, Isn't It Romantic? with Rumor, Rumor, Rebel Wilson. So I saw it. I did not pay money for it because I did not appreciate her commentary about her being like the first plus size woman to ever have like, um, be like the main love interest in like a movie and stuff. I'm like, girl, bye. You are not the first one. Give respect where respect is due. But it was free and it was a very nice event. And yes, I went. So um, she, it, her name, the, the, the character's name is Annie. She, she, and I'm, I'm literally just now starting out in the show. But one, I love the music. Um, like definitely digging the music vibe. And I don't think that I am remiss in saying that it actually makes me think very much so of the vibe that I get when I watch Insecure. So I'm a person that really, 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 really loves music. And I am always listening. Like I get a lot of my music from shows and I do a mean ass playlist. Any of my friends will tell you that Gabs is a really good fucking DJ. Like I can set a damn mood. So I'm always like listening and when I listen to like watch TV shows and movies and stuff like that, I'm always like listening for the music because it really does work to set the ambiance. Like I feel like I soundtrack my whole life. So um, I'm always like trying to hear more stuff. So I really appreciate the music that I've heard thus far. Um, I like that it's an exploratory book about, you know, capturing your power as a woman and like just being very confident in yourself and loving on yourself in all of your big beautifulness um and I think that y'all should just check it out like I'm only in like episode three but I love everything about it yeah I love everything about it um so far like I've laughed I felt frustrated when the characters have been frustrated. I've actually looked at her and be like, you dumb bitch. But at the same time, like, oh my God, I know so many of my friends who would do the exact same thing. I may have even talked myself into doing something similar and stupid and dumbish like that as well. And so I just think I feel like I can empathize a lot with some of the things that she's dealing with as just a plus size woman trying to really like remember to love yourself um, in a world where you kind of grew up accepting that you were unlovable or that you you had to do extra to be loved, I guess. So check it out. Um, it, it's 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 been it's been it's definitely a mood. it's it's giving me a mood. So um, yeah, check it out and let me know what y'all think. I would be really interested in hearing feedback. All right. Okay, and so we are back. Time for the excerpt of the week. Um, so 
Again, it is A Taste of Passion by Chloe Bent Blake. Um, it's cute because they're like, he's a vintner, she's a super taster. Taste of passion. <laughs> um, so, set up the scene. So, they are at this really high you know, high top, like rooftop swanky hotel bar slash club in Brazil. And she's there with one of her buyers and he's actually there with his, you know, homies and stuff like that, just chilling and stuff. He walks up on her, he's like wearing high tops converse and shit like that. Like he's like so cool and cute. Um she literally calls him Playboy Chic. Um and so they see each other and um, he comes over to start talking to her and yeah, I, this is, I chose this scene because again, it makes me feel the tension and so it's like they're pulled, it's like they're magnetically pulled to each other and they can't keep their hands off of each other and it's just, ugh, it just, it sizzles, my gosh. So let's get into it. Well, this is a surprise, she said, feeling a little off balance at how blue his eyes looked. She nearly swooned when he pulled her in close for a kiss on each cheek. He squared his shoulders, blocking out the crush of people behind them. What are you doing here? His voice was gruff. Her chin went up. So nice to see you too, Dustin, for the second time today, she added, her voice dripping with sarcasm. His eyebrows rose and a slightest smile touched his mouth. Did you follow me here? He asked, his fingers grazing her shoulder to brush at a tendril that had come loose from her bun. Get over yourself. I'm here with a buyer. And don't, she said, slapping his hand away. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you too, he said bluntly. But I have a feeling I'm going to get over it. His gaze dipped to her dress. You're beautiful. Shiver ran up her spine. Where the hell was her drink? Compliments won't work. You tried to ruin me today. And you tried to lie to me today, he said, drinking deeply from his cocktail. I think we're even. How did you know? Elliot was the only other person who had her scheduled, but their conversation earlier had given her the impression that he and Destin weren't communicating. Let's just say I have friends in high places. Did you like the helicopter? I kind of wish I could have been there. Genius, by the way. I didn't see that one coming. But you were able to thwart it anyway. Good for you. He tipped his drink to his mouth and stared at her over his glass for a long moment. His gaze briefly dropped to her lips. I won't apologize. I'd die of shock if you did. Bass music surrounded them, emphasizing the palpable anger that was in the air, as if pulled. He moved closer, and she held back a powerful urge to touch him. We can't have that now, can we? You shouldn't be on that ankle. He glanced at her shoes. Be careful. I didn't bring my knife tonight. Thank you, doctor, but my ankle is fine. She showed him with a little twist of her black pump, ignoring the small twinge of pain at the joint. Who are you here with, he asked, his voice low and impatient. Because, you know, she gave him a sharp look. Yes, the one buyer I have left. No thanks to you. Her mind ran through scenarios where she told Destin about the pirate ship idea and he threw Clay overboard. I 
and they have made an offer. Not yet, she lied, not giving up without a fight. So what are you doing here with them? Just drinks. I haven't seen Clay in a while. Clay? That's their name? Don't be petty. Destin looked over her head. Where are they? No, she was not going to introduce them. Destin, they want to see inside the cellar. I need the keys. Indignation registered on his face for a moment. Then a smile spread across his face. One that could only be described as devious and sexy as hell. He leaned closer in and let his gaze flicker to her mouth. What would you do for them? The music turned into a heavier beat, and painters around them danced and shook. Unable to resist his allure, she moved her lips inches from his. I'd eat rabbit. He smiled. She smiled. Aching for his kiss, her world turned in slow motion as he came forward. to check out social i'll probably be posting some videos and yeah i will see you all next week bye you can find she reads the podcast on itunes and soundcloud for questions comments or new book suggestions email me at she reads the podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on twitter or facebook Just search She Reads the Podcast and don't forget to follow or subscribe. This production was produced by Power Voice Media. Visit PowerVoiceMedia.com for more info.